Today is all about calling. We have first lesson, we have Samuel and Eli. Samuel who doesn't quite get things. And in our gospel lesson, we have the calling of some disciples. It's a reminder for us today to listen, to hear, and to hear the voice of God. So we're going to take a little bit of a look at the gospel lesson. We have Jesus, right? Jesus came from where? All right, good. Jesus came from Nazareth. That's why I know you're already awake. We haven't gotten too far into the sermon already. Jesus came from Nazareth. And who is it he calls? Philip. And he just goes walking along and he says, Philip, come follow me. Right? Hmm. We've talked about this in our Matthew Bible study. How old was Jesus when he started his ministry? 30-ish, 30-something. Okay, so in his 30s. So does it stand to reason that Jesus perhaps had some friends in his lifetime? Yeah. You know, we think that the call stories go something like this. Jesus wakes up one day, and he decides to take a little stroll around the, the Sea of Galilee. And while he's walking along, he just turns and he looks at Tom, and he says, Tom, let's go. Tom gets up and he follows. Jesus keeps walking along and he says, Doreen, let's go, follow me. And Doreen gets up and goes, okay. She leaves Rodney. It was a bad day. <laughs> she leaves John. It was a really, really bad day. <laughs> and she just gets up and follows. That's how we think these call stories go, don't we? It's silly that we think such a thing. What we have to remi remind ourselves is that the stories of, of Jesus' relationship prior with Philip or Andrew or James or John or Peter or, or any of the other 12 isn't that important to the writer of the gospel. The gospel writer wants to get out to us Jesus' story. But it stands to reason that Jesus, who is 30 years old, who's been in daddy's business has a relationship with all these guys. If you just go walking down the street and turn and look at somebody and say, follow me, what are the odds that they're going to do that? Pretty low, right? It's probably not going to happen. What are the odds of having a relationship with somebody for even 30 years and you turn to them and you say, scrap it all, let's go, follow me? At least they're a little better, aren't they? Okay, so, so we can assume that Jesus, who has been in daddy's business as a carpenter, has relationships with these 12. And so all these 30 years, they have known Jesus. He's had a relationship with them. They've been talking about it. Jesus has been saying, these are the things I think we need to be doing. Here are the changes that I see. Here's, here's my vision. Here's my plan. Here's what I believe God wants us to be doing. And then I believe that Jesus, on a God's day, wakes up and he turns to his friends and he says, Okay, Tom, remember that thing we've been talking about for so long? And you've said you agree with me and I've seen it on your heart. Today's the day. We're going to pay the rent. Are you with me? And if you are, come and follow. That's... A call story. That's more realistic 
That's, that's probably much more accurate as to the truth of, of what it is. And it really reinforces even Samuel's story. In Samuel's lesson this morning, we are told that Samuel did not yet know the Lord. And so Eli tells him, go back and lay down and say, here I am, Lord. Jesus calls, who does he call? He calls Philip, right? What does Philip do after that? He finds his friend. He goes to another town, Bethesda. And who does he call? He calls Nathan. But it's also the city of who and who? Andrew and Peter. But but Nathaniel doesn't have, or I'm getting my guys mixed up here. Philip doesn't have a relationship as far as we know with those two. Because if he did, he'd go to them too. But what he does is he goes to somebody he knows. He goes to Nathaniel. And he says to Nathaniel, we have found the one, Jesus, son of Joseph, who comes from Nazareth, the son of God. He goes to somebody he knows. And what does Nathaniel say? I love it. What does he say? He's really nasty, very derogatory. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? All right. He's, he's working. He's busy. He's got other things on his plate. And all of a sudden, this friend comes to him and says, we got the guy. After Moses and all these years of prophesying, we found the one, and he came from Nazareth. And, 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 and I believe that Nathaniel just keeps on working. And he just says, yeah, right, okay, whatever. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? <laughs> I don't think so. And he just keeps on working. And what does Philip say to him? Very simply, three words. Come and see. Think about what it is for you to invite somebody to church, for, for you to invite somebody to know Jesus Christ. Why is it you don't want to do that? Why is it none of us want to do that? We're afraid of what they might say to us. Here it is. We, we have this first invitation story in the Gospel of John in chapter 1. And the first reply is, nothing good can come out of there. And he keeps on doing his work. Why would we expect anything else? But then Philip goes on, and he doesn't make excuses. He doesn't try to explain things that maybe he can't explain. He doesn't put himself in, in a strange or awkward place. He says in three words, come and see. That's all he says. Can you say those three words? Come and see. And I know that you can because you've done it. You've done it with, with colleagues and coworkers, and, and you've said when you've been talking about, about church or, or your faith life, well, you should just come and see. You should come and see what we do. Come and see, Pastor Lisa. Come and hear the sermons. Come and see what we do as Christian people. You have all done that with at least one person or more. Praise God. You know, it, it's so funny that we think it's got to be so much more complicated than that. But if they come and see, when they see the Lord Jesus Christ, then their ears are, ho are opened, and they see and they recognize Jesus for who he is, and then they can have a relationship with him. 
This morning, our, our hymn of the day is, Here I Am, Lord. I want to tell you a little bit of story about this, this hymn, because it's very, very, very deeply personal to me. Many years ago, over 15 years ago, I decided that I was going to go to seminary and be a pastor. Now, those are not words you say out loud. Because if you do and you're wrong, people laugh, which that happened too. But, but you also don't say it because you might get trapped. So you don't say those words out loud unless you're fairly certain that this is God's calling. Well, when you are a first-year seminary student, you go to the seminary a week prior to the other students. You have a whole week of orientation, uh, of team building as a group and, and special classes that you take. And that very first night at seminary, there's, there's this beautiful opening worship that I, I stood in the midst of, of this brick and stained glass and cement building with this gorgeous altar and everything so simple but yet just stunning. And you knew that you stood in the presence of thousands and thousands of pastors who had come there before you. And I stood there in the middle of a jam-packed row. And I am claustrophobic, so I'm already uncomfortable. I am scared out of my mind. It's been years since I've been at school. I don't know if I can do this. The first class is summer Greek, 12 credits in six weeks, college course. I am totally overwhelmed. And I stand in the midst of that seminary chapel. I listened to a wonderful, simple, short sermon. It was beautiful. Spoke to our hearts. And we stand up, and there, the first time ever, I heard this hymn that Matt picked out. Here I am, Lord. And I heard the words. And I couldn't sing a lick. The sound was so beautiful of all these would-be Lutheran pastors and professors and seminary students, their spouses singing in this incredibly acoustic-built building. And the tears just rolled down my face left and right. I stood there in the presence of God, shaking and afraid and affirmed. I encourage all of you this morning to open your ears. You have come to this place. You have seen the Son of God. You have a relationship with Him. He's calling your name. Come and see. Amen.